1: Welcome to a Locked On ACC podcast. I'm your host, Candace Cooper, and I've got my Monday co-host, Kenton Gibbs from Locked On Wolfpack in the building. Thank you for making the ACC the first listen of your day, right? Locked On ACC is the best place to get all of your conference news. Now, we have got a lot to go over. We are going to make sure that you get all of the latest scoop from week five. We'll give you a recap. Go over the respective teams that Kenton covers here on the show, and we'll get things rolling. Kenton, thanks so much for joining the show today.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I I think that this weekend was a very interesting one for the ACC and I can't wait to get into it.
1: Yeah, no doubt. It's been a a crate. I think it's getting a little bit better for the ACC. Like we started out, we were all pretty disappointed, but things are slowly picking up. Now we have a couple teams that have dropped out of the AP polls. However, there are some teams that are still rolling. So we'll get into that conversation. But overall, what are your immediate thoughts about the ACC after week five?
0: I mean, I don't think that the ACC is getting any quote-unquote better, per se. I just think Mm -hmm. uh, that we're moving into the part of the season where conferences kind of dictate how good we are against each other because we've already played uh, out of conference schedule. Now we're pretty much in the meat, in the thick of the conference schedule.
1: So it doesn't get any better or worse for you when it comes to evaluating the play?
0: Not really. Not really Mm -hmm. because, I mean, at the end of the day, what do we determine as better play? If you're looking at teams who, for the most part, everybody lost out of conference games, bad out-of-conference games, and now teams are winning. Like you look at Pittsburgh blowing out Georgia Tech, that's a Georgia Tech team that lost to Northern Illinois. Like that's just the reality there. So I mean, yes, they beat on uh they beat up on uh UNC, but you know what what is that Georgia Tech team is is the question. So I mean, and, and that's no shade, no no T to Georgia Tech, but I'm just saying. When it comes to judging teams in conference by saying, oh, well, look who beat who. Well, the Mm -hmm. the barometer is just you beating teams in your conference in a conference that we've seen from top to bottom is not very good.
1: Well, I mean, that's one way to look at it, but let's get right into it. We'll start with your alma mater here. We'll go into the NC State-Louisiana Tech game. NC State going 34 to Louisiana Tech's 27. A great game for NC State to win and kind of be in the conversation of, okay, we are still rolling. We're trying to be a part of the Atlantic Division and be sitting at the top. We had to win this one. Was this a must-win in your eyes for NC State?
0: Um, I, I don't, I don't like to use the term must win, but I have been a very stern advocate for, uh, if they can't win 10 games by now, they'll never get it. In the words of, uh, Russell Wilson's wife, Sierra, if that boy don't love you by now, he ain't never going to love you. Well, if this team can't get 10 in this year, they're never going to be a double digit win team. And so winning this game was necessary, but I do want to say something to all the ACC fans, all the AP top 25 voters, um, you know, all the NC state fans relax Hmm. that was the best offense that nc state has played all year and i mean that i i am not their defensive coordinator echoed the same sentiments when he was asked about how good their offense was on film uh they were just getting austin Kendall back after missing him for two weeks and that team again offensively is the best that we've seen i don't you you look down the line usf doesn't have an offense like them even though they got a cash technician over there, shout out to Jared Mangum. Um, Mississippi State doesn't have an offense as good as theirs. Again, we left sixteen points on the board, and that still was a close game at the end. Uh, you're you're looking at Clemson. We'll talk about their offense a little later, but I'm not going to go there right now. Um, and then you you look at uh, you look at all the other. T- I mean, at the end of the day, this is a, a situation where we've played. We played a team that plays up to good competition, plays down to bad teams. They gave Mississippi State a better game than we did, and we came out with a W. After what is consider- what is traditionally considered the hangover game for NC State, we beat a top 10 team. That's where we're at risk of losing the immediate game after. We came out with a win. That's all you can ask for. They don't ask That's- for how many, just how.
1: Absolutely. You had Devin Leary with 251 yards on the day. Bam Knight and Ricky Persons, to me, were the biggest standouts in terms of their run game. I think they definitely ran over some of those Bulldogs out there on the field. You saw one grown man run from Ricky Persons to get a touchdown during throughout the game. But defensively, I felt like they... It was a, a, certain miscues, but more importantly, I felt felt like they stayed in it and they kept chipping away and they let it be one play after, and it ended up being a great interception to end the game and not have a tie and go into overtime. But overall assessments, do you feel confident going into the rest of the season that 10 games is a sure thing?
0: I would never say anything is a sure thing. Let, mm-hmm. let's, let's not say that. Uh, the injury bug is already wearing its head a little bit with NC State losing a starting nose tackle, Is starting – um, all-world linebacker in Peyton Wilson uh, with some other injuries that we've seen in Cyrus Fagan as well. I wouldn't say, oh yeah, 10 is guaranteed, but it. I'd say uh, if I was a better, I'd say that their odds are better than not to get to 10.
1: Great. So let's switch over and talk about the team that you have mentioned here before. We were mentioning offenses, and there's certainly a team that has struggled, and that is the Clemson Tigers, who for the first time since 2014, fell out of the top 25 AP polls as they came to a close one against Boston College. It was a nail-biter. Boston College showed that it's not quite there when it comes to being this powerhouse, but it gave it gave Clemson a run the entire game, and you have to give it to you know Dennis Grossell. Had a couple of mistakes towards the end that really cost the Eagles ultimately. But I think overall, you know, hats off to coach Halfley and company for at least to me, they should have won. Right. And I think if they had built, filled your they would have won this game. But I, what is this? I think it says more about Boston college and the improvements that they're making. than whether or not Clemson is just horrible.
0: You know, uh, Clemson is a very interesting case because defensively they're bringing it. They're still Clemson on defense. Mm-hmm offensively they cannot figure it out at all at all i mean i don't it's it's not just everybody loves to put the blame on on dj which it, i think is very interesting because for whatever reason uh you know we're not going to go there today but dj is getting a lot of blame okay mm-hmm. and the thing is if you have watched clemson play this year it's everything the play calling why do y'all keep running those slow developing quarterback powers that take about three and a half days where it's not even an RPO power. It's literally a situation where he holds the ball for about a second and a half looks around and then pulls the ball down and tries to run when in reality, everybody knows if I bring two guys off the edge and they run that quarterback power it's cooked. Well, if that's the situation, why is that quarterback power still, a fourth, maybe a fifth of y'all running plays altogether. It's not. Are we assuming?
1: Sense. Are we assuming that that's the only thing that DJ has in his arsenal to really do well, or, or is Clemson's offensive coordinator and Dabo kind of limiting DJ to only have those kind of options?
0: You know, I'm going to use some some language that I really enjoy from from some of my favorite thinkers. They lack imagination. Mm. They lack the ability. To put together uh, situations and schemes that work well with his skill set, and that here's the thing that I need people to understand when it comes to that: the fact of the matter is, um, Bane in the Dark Knight said you've been you've been softened by victory. Clemson's offensive imagination has been softened by going from Taj Boyd to Deshaun Watson to um, Trevor Lawrence. Trevor. Mm-hmm it's been softened they don't they're not scheming up things that are like oh this is amazing this is amazing because with taj they were scheming they were scheming as scheming could be with deshaun the scheme level went down a little bit but it still worked out because he was a baller he had ballers at receiver around him he figured it out with uh from kelly to um from kelly to trevor again they could figure it out because Trevor was an absolute – he was a a once-in-a-lifetime type of guy. So Mm -hmm. you didn't really have to super scheme for him because he could make it work, whatever. Congratulations, you're back at Taj now. You're back a little behind that. You got to scheme and find a way offensively, and it's just not happening. The offensive line has not performed well. The receivers, Justin Ross goes down. Who's going to be the big play guy? Who's going to create the separation? I saw him got to try to be that guy, but who's going to do it?
1: Sure. I saw Kobe Pace and Phil Moffa kind of step up for the run game, right? We had had long conversations about the fact that Travis Etienne trying to fill that hole. And I think that was the first time you really saw and heard the names of Kobe and Phil step up in that run game. So I would shout out to them. I mean, you know, Kobe was 125 yards on the day, while Phil was 58, but 58 important yards, in my opinion. But again, Clemson saw life, but it was a lot of check downs. It was a lot of, you know, just overthrows or miscues or throwing it too high. You know, DJ just looked out of sorts. He looked frustrated and flustered. And then you would see him on the sidelines trying to rally the troops. And I always joke because it's like, okay, you're rallying me, but bro, do your job. I think that would be hard for me. Like as an O-lineman, like I'm doing everything I can to give you time and space. And the next thing you know, we're still having to fight for trying to get, you know, third and three, or we're having to punt, right, or having to go for second and long. Like, I'm doing everything I can to give you options here.
0: If Clemson's offensive line is doing everything they can, then they need a new offensive line. You <laughs> understand? But but this is what I'm saying in terms of a lot of folks are looking at DJ. And watching that game, I saw things that I'd never seen out of Clemson. I've never seen Clemson receivers uh, struggle to get separation. I've never seen it. I've never okay. I I played against a Clemson team where you had uh, Sammy Watkins on one side, and I can't even remember who was on the other, but it was a a All American or a future All American or a future NFL player over there as well. And so Hopkins might have been, might have (laughs) been. So I mean, but you you see what I'm saying? Yeah, that's that's a different caliber than what we're looking at right now. That's not a, a situation. I saw in live in real time. I was on the field when Deshaun Watson took our top off on a uh, on a play action uh, QB power, and I was like, "Well, okay, all right, this is gonna real. be a long day." This is, and you know what it was? A long day because it was different. It was different. Yeah. The defense is still the defense. They're still doing their jobs. Offensively, they need to reevaluate everything. not just I, DJ yeah. offensive linemen. What are y'all doing? Offensive coordinator, can we get anything better? If you run another power, I've told everybody, if NC State runs another trick play, I might have to pull up the Carter-Finley Stadium myself and do something about it. Well, guess what? Clemson fans, if y'all see another quarterback power, y'all may need to go on down to Death Valley. Um, Excuse me. <laughs> and, you know, that's, that's just the reality. Boston College, though, shout out to them. They played really well. Like you said, yeah. missing their starting quarterback. They did a lot to um stay in this game that people don't want to acknowledge right people will talk about the two fumbles and Grossell not reacting to them properly the fumbled snaps which is very interesting because their center is supposed to be this all-world guy but to have those two fumble snaps and to have a quarterback react poorly to both let this be a lesson if you are a young quarterback listening to this it is okay to fall on the ball it's okay sometimes the, the play is broken down The snap is bad. If the snap goes anywhere outside of your normal radius, just fall on it. Don't try to do nothing crazy.
1: No doubt. I want to talk about some of the keys that I felt from Boston College here in a second. After I remind all of my college football fans that, listen, you are here to get some good daily fantasy made easy. That's why I encourage you to try Prize Picks. I love this, and I know you will, too. It's a leader in college sports daily fantasy. It offers more college football props than anyone in the world. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of, from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. All of users that deposit and use promo code will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Just be sure to use promo code LOCKED ON. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projection, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just really you versus the projected numbers. Use the award-winning app prize picks on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Prize Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate and check out Prize Picks and use promo code LOCKED ON to go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. How does your favorite restaurant consistently make such delicious food? The short in- answer they have access to the right kitchen tools. With Made In's professional quality cookware and kitchenware, anyone is capable of making restaurant quality food at home. If you're serious about cooking, you should invest in your kitchen tools. Made In's cookware and kitchenware products are used by thousands of the world's best chefs. If quality and craftsmanship is important to you, you should check out Made In. Made In is a cookware and kitchenware brand that works with renowned chefs and artisans to produce some of the world's best pots, pans, and wine glasses. Right now, Made In is offering our listeners 15% off our first order with promo code LOCKED ON. This is the best discount available anywhere online for Made In products. Go to MadeInCookware.com made slash Locked On. Use promo code LOCKED ON for 15% off your first order. That's MadeInCookware.com slash Locked On and use promo code LOCKED ON. All right, so we're talking with Kenton Gibbs here from Locked On. Locked on Wolfpack, and we're going over the Clemson and Boston College game. And I think for me, a lot of talk was about Clems- Boston College's defense throughout the season. Can they hold up to Phil Jerkovic, and can they match his energy, right? A lot of times we've seen with some of these ACC squads that's either really great on one side and kind of abysmal on the other. But you got to give credit to Boston College defense, right? And know that Clemson's offense is bad, but at the same time, if you feel like you're in the game, there's always a chance. And Dennis Grossell has shown – with the Mizzou game that he was capable of at least putting them in, you know, some sort of situation to win. So I think that for me was a promising sign. And as we're going through the Atlantic Boston college still absolutely has a chance to be in that division top of the division conversation.
0: Absolutely. But that test is going to come in two weeks Uh, at the end of the day, if they can't beat NC state, they're going to have a situation where, I mean, you're looking at a de facto elimination game for them uh nc state because they do not have a conference loss yet can afford to lose that game and still be okay because then it'd be them with one loss clemson with one loss boston college with one loss boston college puts them at two losses so if they come out with a a sense of urgency and a basically just execution that we did not see this week who knows who knows what could happen
1: Let's talk about our last Atlantic Division teams here, Louisville. We'll talk with J.J. Jackson tomorrow about way Forest. Want to focus here on Louisville, though. Coming out strong and solid in a great matchup. Ended up coming up short 34-31 to the Demon Deacons. But it was probably one of the better games of the ACC this weekend, right? You saw two teams coming into the, coming into the day trying to just figure out how to keep – you know, getting on this ACC conference role, Wake Forest being at 4-0 at the time, and Louisville on a three-game win streak. And I personally just felt as if every single time a team would go up, The other would respond. And that's certainly what Louisville did throughout that game. Elite Cunningham, you know, Jalen Mitchell showing their elites (laughs) a ground game was just something that I was pleasantly surprised by and certainly felt like they have some strong weapons there. What were your thoughts about Louisville overall, despite the loss, and then maybe a little bit on Wake Forest?
0: Well, you know, like you said, Louisville found a way to keep itself competitive in this game, which they have not always done this season. Right. Like that's that's just the thing that hasn't always happened. I mean, against Ole Miss, there were times where I was just like, can we turn the TV off, please? And not just because of all the targeting calls in that game. But mm-hmm. um, this game from Louisville, I I really and truly, if I'm looking at it from their angle, like you said, the running game was impressive. It was very, very impressive. And if you look at all of their touchdowns, I wanted to make sure that I was corrected saying this other than the 75 yarder to Tyler Harrell. Everything that they had came from finishing in close. Mm -hmm. Everything that they had came from finishing in in tight quarters, which they've had a problem with this season. So there's improvement there. Scott Satterfield is getting this team better there. But now defensively, what are you going to do? Because I understand that that long mesh of Wake Forest is confusing. It makes it hard sometimes. Guess what? You still got to beat it. There's, There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You know what I mean? At, at the end of the day, allowing 37 points in the game like this, yeah, Sam Hartman and company are rolling. This is the first time Wake Forest has been 5-0 and since I can't remember when. But
1: yeah.
0: you can't use that as an excuse and say, well, we expected them to put up 37 because you didn't. You did. Sure. That's, that's not something you were looking for.
1: Right. Apologies, I misspoke there in the beginning with the final score, 37-34. You were right, Ken. Thanks for jumping that in. But I really feel as if, you know, Wake Forest is a team, beatable team. Like, I was there at the game. They are beatable, right? I think they haven't met their match. They haven't met someone worthy. But at the same time, I think Louisville also could be dangerous. It came down to one in particular play where, where Wake Forest got like an extra opportunity to kick. Because they claimed, the refs claimed that there was one second on the clock. So it should have been a tie game going. Into half, and ultimately that field goal at the end should have been to tie and go into overtime. However, you just saw—I never understood really why people get so frustrated with ACC refs, but I think I'm starting to get it now. <laughs> I think I'm starting to understand where the frustration is. I was looking at a Twitter uh, conversation and just typed in ACC football. You could just see the ref, like commentary, was very high and vivid about some ref action there.
0: You know, referees have had a lot to do with deciding these games. And here's what I need people to understand when they're like, Oh, don't, you don't blame the refs. You never blame the refs. I don't know the statistic for college football, but I did just ran the numbers for NFL football. About a third of the games are decided by one possession or less, meaning seven to eight points or less is the deciding differential in a ton of games. Here's the thing. Yes, you make your own luck. Yes, you put yourself in certain positions to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. The the Zebras got to do their job, too. And this isn't just, and this isn't me speaking as a a fan that's bitter about anything. I said uh, last week on the Locked on Wolfpack Twitter page, we got away with one when we jumped off sides and it was called false start instead of encroachment, which it should have been. We got away with one. I said it. I acknowledge it. I'll acknowledge when the teams that I like get away with one, just as much as when the teams I like get shafted. The fact of the matter is the Zebras got to do better, but still Louisville, you can't give up 37. You can't give up 37 this Wake Forest team. And this Wake Forest offense ain't a bad one. Don't get me wrong now. Don't get me wrong. They've put up, I'll tell you this much. they put up a lot of points, but on a lot of bad teams. I mean, you got ODU, you got Norfolk State, you got Florida State, you got UVA, and then you got Louisville. None of those defenses could stop a running nose with with uh tissue, three COVID vaccines, a booster, and uh some paper towel.
1: Well, you know, Christian Beale-Smith went down. You know, he wasn't exactly a big force when it came to the run game. They had to, you know, rely on a lot of their receivers. You had Moore in their tight end who stepped up big. You had Jaquari Robertson who, of course, had some very spectacular plays. So they're showing you that they have effective moves, you know, effective weapons throughout their scheme. So maybe it is Sam Hartman figuring out. Maybe his run game, you know, of course, his rushing yards were nice – throughout the end by the end of the series and I think that overall they're a threat as as much as I mean they're 5-0 and for a reason there's a lot of teams in the ACC that can't I don't think any ACC team can say that Right. So I think overall, you you have to just give them a little bit of credit because the bar is certainly low. I want to get into, though, the coastal teams, because there were quite a few games that we could have some very serious conversations about some programs and some coaches and the seats that just got absolutely warmer after week five here. But first, I want to remind you guys about some great, delicious treats here. You've got Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. This week's limited time flavor is cookie dough chunk. Did you know that Bilt Bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time one? That would be cookie dough chunk. Listen, know that my favorite is raspberry mint brownie and sometimes even that double chocolate. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box We'll get two of each of the nine, 100% covered in chocolate and 100% healthy, 17 to 18 grams of protein, just four to five grams of sugar and net carbs, nine amazing flavors, sometimes limited offer, all tasty, all healthy. Order yours today, get that cookie dough chunk or mint brownie or raspberry or whatever you like. Go to buildbar.com, use promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at buildbar.com. Talking here with Kenton Gibbs from Locked On Wolfpack. You can find him at TGIF underscore Kenton. You can follow LO underscore Wolfpack. Make sure you guys tune into all of our conference shows. So many good experts there giving you some expertise when it comes to their respective teams. Now, finally getting into some of this coastal conversation. Let's start with Miami UVA who kicked us off. You know, Friday Night Lights had a great game. It came down to the final kick, and it was just very on brand for who, what kind of season Miami is having. A missed kick ending the game 30-28, to 28, Virginia with the victory. And I'm just sitting here saying, Miami, just get through it, right? Not, don't necessarily have to, like, try and bounce back, try and battle for any sort of position. Just get through the season, get a new coach, you know, figure it out, and then let's move on and rebuild.
0: I, I don't understand why people still believe in Miami to any uh, large extent. And and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to say some things here that a lot of people aren't going to like, but they need to be said. Okay. This team has two wins. Do you know who their two wins are over?
1: Yes. Some, not, some less than stellars.
0: App State.
1: Yeah.
0: Central Connecticut State.
1: Yeah.
0: App State. Central Connecticut State. They have three losses. We'll throw away the Alabama loss because I th- I truly believe that there is Alabama and Georgia. Everybody else in college football, I truly sure. believe that that's what's going on right now. Michigan State. Kenny Walker, Kenneth Walker. Let me stop calling him Kenny. <laughs> Kenneth Walker the third. Uh, for out of uh, the young man was a Wake Forest back for a while, and he said, "I'm tired of these long meshes." Give me some straight downhill, no frills football. He's thriving. Beat him by three touchdowns. Hmm. Hmm. And then you've got another game where you're looking at uh, you're looking at UVA now, taking them down to the wire. And like I've said about UVA already, that defense is abysmal. That defense yeah. is horrible. They couldn't stop the run. With Pepto-Bismol. And they say upset stomach and diarrhea in every commercial. So the fact of the matter is, this is a team that you have to figure it out. You have to figure out an identity outside of D'Eric. Because as we saw, D'Eric ain't always going to be there.
1: I think Eric is done. I think D'Eric is done. Why? I mean, respectfully, why would you come back to this team? Like, I get the whole honor thing. I get the loyalty. So I get the prop. I'm good, bro. Uh, if I'm trying to go play at the next level, I'm shutting it down. Ain't and, no and,
0: way. And not only that, not only that, Miami. Please stop celebrating when you're down by ten. When you're down by twenty, this team the
1: turnover change should not come out until we get a above five hundred record.
0: If if again, if I'm a coach, if I'm a coach, I will look. I'll go in the locker room, and I'm a I'm gonna get a, a blacksmith. If it's real gold and diamonds and all that, I'm gonna get uh, somebody melt all of it down, take all of it apart, break out all of it. Now, I'll tell you what, when we win a conference championship, you can have all of it back, plus some, mm. plus some. When we win a national championship, you will get all of it back, plus some. But, I i mean, could you see Howard Schnellenberger celebrating like this? One of his teams celebrating like this when they were down like that? Could you see Jimmy Johnson's team celebrating like this? Hey, Randy Shannon wasn't having no celebrating like this, and he was known to be the greatest uh, Miami coach that there ever was. This is embarrassing. This mm. is embarrassing to Miami. Stop all the celebrating and win some football games.
1: Oh, well, whoop, there it is. I don't even have to say anything else because I'm in total agreement. Final team we want to talk about, Pitt and Georgia Tech. They faced each other. These are two teams that Ken covers on our show here. Pittsburgh, you know. I'm just sitting here to say best team in the ACC. I'm here, I'm here to put the hot really? take out there. Best team in the ACC. Who else can say that they put up nearly, what, 50 on every single team that they've played so far this season? They are 40. Is it 40? I think it's 40.
0: Yeah, they put up and 40 in every game they play.
1: 40 in every game. I don't blame... Uh, Kenny Pickett for having – when the Pittsburgh had that sleeper against Western Michigan, they had to have that punch-in-the-mouth game. But so has NC State with Mississippi State, right? So has Clemson with their NC State loss. Every team that we thought was going to be dominant, Carolina, punch-in-the-mouth Virginia Tech and Georgia Tech. What other team can sit there and say that they truly have a quarterback – who is just rolling over defenses in Kenny Pickett versus everybody else, right? I'm truly here to say everyone should hop on the pit train right now before it's too late.
0: Well, first of all, don't disrespect the young man that we got under center at NC State. Mr. Devin Leary beat some game manager allegations two weeks ago, and he proceeds But he didn't to do them. it
1: in week five. He didn't beat no didn't game do. manager allegations in week he five. He truly did. did not. He absolutely did not.
0: He did his job. He, but see, a game and
1: game managers do their job. But that's the, the point
0: by definition. But okay. here's the thing: not only did he do his job, he made some passes. That's like, okay, that's impressive. Oh, yes, he's trusted Kenny his receiver as does Kenny. Pinkett. But I'm not. I, listen, I'm not arguing with you about Kenny. Pinkett you definitely.
1: said the best. I said the best. Okay, and, and you're talking team. about the best.
0: And you're talking about the best team. And well let's talk about Pitt. See see and this is why I all we are here to, to do Pits is talk about Pitt versus Georgia Tech.
1: All about. we're trying to do is talk about Pitt versus Georgia Tech. I not, I don't need the overall analysis cuz that's how okay. we asked I, about it. We we're running out of time you here. Know what? Talk okay. about it. Pitt, okay.
0: Pitt got a good win against Georgia Tech. Thank this you. is the Georgia Tech team that is still very young and with young teams they're going to be rife with the inconsistency. The thing about this game very simple. Uh Georgia Tech was Bitten by the turnover bug once again, Pitt took advantage. And and we'll leave it at that since we can't dig any deeper nope. into Pitt since you want to call them the best team in the ACC. When you
1: see them in Charlotte, then you can give a full analysis. But until then, just – And that's well, the thing.
0: I wholeheartedly okay. believe they'll be in Charlotte at the end. I think that they're okay. going to come out on top of the Coastal. But I hope they do. Craziness. But you're <laughs> talking some craziness
1: okay fine whatever Ken Gibbs always a pleasure to have you on the show here can you please remind folks of where they can find you and follow your work
0: sure thing you can follow me on twitter at tgif underscore Kenton that is Kenton the person you can follow me at lo underscore wolfpack that is Kenton the wolfpack podcaster you can also find locked on wolfpack wherever you're listening to this podcast right now thank you all so very much for coming out we are what we are because of y'all
1: Again, no doubt. Make sure you guys listen to our podcast every single day. Make us your first listen. We appreciate you sharing. We appreciate sharing all the ACC conference news with the help of me, Candice Cooper, and my lovely co-hosts and experts. Until next time, we hope you guys have a great rest of your day.